Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Small Ball Market, your favorite NBA podcast dedicated to news and coverage from all your favorite small ball market teams from around the league. I'm joined this week as I am every week by my fantastic co-host, Zach Reglin and Wyatt Reglin. How are we doing, boys? Wow, man. Uh, you, uh, you, now you're throwing out the fantastic co-host. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I like to recipro- reciprocate the feelings. Man, I'm excited. We're back and we're coming out punching. <laughs> God, I wanna, how, <laughs> how, how long did you think of that and were you waiting Actually, to use I it? Just, I thought of it like five seconds ago, not going to lie. I was like, I'm wow. going to think of something funny and I'm like, we're coming out punching. Way to let it fly, buddy. We're letting them fly. We're letting the fists shoot, fly. Shoot. All right. How do we feel about this week's round of NBA action, boys? Um, well, I mean, I first things first, I mean, uh, Spitgate, man. It's, it's it's all the craze right now. Yeah, dude, this, on this week's uh, edition of NCIS, we're going to talk about... <laughs> dude, this is like the soup incident last year with J.R. Smith. Oh, it's even worse. I mean, did you guys see the, the Rachel Nichols tweet that showed the whole thing? They straight up did the whole like C, uh, the... Uh, CSI enhanced thing <laughs> on the video pretty much. You could see the spin. Honestly. Dude, there's oh, yeah. so many conspiracy theories. Was it people were thinking it was Carmelo? Like I thought it was <laughs> Carmelo. <laughs> maybe I mean maybe they just spit a lot when they talk, but no. The you evidence is uh <laughs> the evidence is undisputable at this point and uh you know See here, I'm gonna let me start this off. I actually don't think Rondo purposely spit on him, though. I really don't. It didn't look like he like purposely spit on him. It just kind of looked like he was talking and barking at him, and he didn't even realize he spit. Either either way, any man spits on you, you're gonna you're gonna throw hands. Yeah, but Chris Paul didn't even throw hands. He just like stuck his he like stuck his fingers in his face, and it's like yeah, that was kind of that, that was questionable. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Rondo threw the first punch. Well, yeah, let's be real. Who do you have in a, in a street fight, Rondo or CP3? Uh, yeah, CP3 would kind of flop over, but... Uh, yeah, I'd take Rondo all the, every day of the week just yeah, because Rondo's it's Rondo's nuts. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what do you... Uh, so ESPN released the, uh, the rulings on the game suspension. So we got Ingram for four game suspension, Rondo for three, and Chris Paul for two. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I, I feel like that's justified. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like they kind of got that right. Who do you think should have gotten more? Probably if Ingram. Ask, if you ask me, I would say... Yeah, probably Ingram. Ingram went out there with the intent of fucking killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, that video, like watching it over and over again, I'm like, Jesus, Ingram really just... <laughs> he wanted the fight. Well, yeah, and you look at it. He initially he initially pushed James Harden, which started the altercation, and then he walked away, cooled down, and then he saw that a fight was going down and decided that he wanted to, <laughs> decided that he wanted to come back in. Who the fuck was involved. he swinging at? Anybody? <laughs> I was yeah. like, he could have hit his own teammate, and he would have been like, "Dude, I just fucking love punching." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the, this was the best thing that's happened to me in the NBA in like. A while, man. This was my welcome to the NBA. Welcome back to the NBA moment, dude. It was just like, oh, so good. And I even after like it's been a few days, but it's like this was the first time that like an NBA game like completely took over Twitter 
mm-hmm. and completely like shut down Twitter pretty much because there was so much going on about it. It was like it was the first real NBA Twitter night of the season. Like you had Wob out there analyzing videos of what happened. <laughs> it was like that was my favorite. I've straight up bought into the Carmelo thing until the um video was released footage. this morning. Yeah, until they uh CSI'd us and <laughs> You know, I showed this video last night, and I was showing it to my girlfriend, and she's not a basketball fan at all, and I'm just, like, dying of laughter while watching the video, and she's like, what's so funny about this? And I'm like, it's it's just funny because CP3's a little bitch, and Rondo's a dick, and he just (laughs) punched him in the face, and then I just fucking, when Ingram just came in and shoved him, I just fucking died. So, uh, guys, remember, I put out a poll on the SBM Twitter account last night um over whether uh what our, our followers thought whether uh, who did what to who are almost and, 500 followers now by the way yeah i exactly. appreciate you guys for that yeah we're doing extremely well right now but Thanks, uh, Grandma. of course i posted this out when before the rachel nichols tweet came out this morning showing it um but i did the whole poll it was like did rondo spit on cp3 and the options were yeah of course and no cp3 flopping again and uh, 62% picked CP3 flopping again. but Good those, amount of votes, too. 62% yeah. were wrong. Because uh, the 38, it showed, it came out in the video evidence today. Rondo did, in fact, spit on him. <laughs> yeah. Whether it be now, okay, and now I guess a hot debate, a new poll that we could put out was, was the spit intentional? Okay. Zach, put the poll out now. We're going to do it. This is a live podcast poll. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right po- post it as a live podcast poll we'll review the answers at the end of the poll to see what you guys think mm-hmm. can you make the poll for like an hour yeah do that yeah let's um, do a live yeah, podcast yeah. poll first there's a first time here on small ball market your live podcast poll Mm-hmm. yeah but no um Back on the whole suspension things, I honestly think I would have done I would have done a one game suspension for CP3, and I probably would have done yeah. um, I probably would have done like a four game suspension for uh, for Rondo, and probably upwards of five or six for Ingram. Which try and think about this: losing Rondo and Ingram could actually hurt the Lakers pretty bad for that long of a time period. That's I mean they're already Not when Kuzma, <laughs> Not when Kuzma's on my fantasy team. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude, I didn't even think about that. You're going to be killing it with the fantasy numbers now. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, but no, I think, I don't know. I mean, I get, it's kind of, it's like the classic school situation, you know, like no matter what, even if, even if the playground bully punches you and you swing back, you're going to get suspended too. But from my point of view, it's like, you can't let somebody else spit on you and not have, you know, not have some aggression towards that. So, yeah. And uh, in my view, it, I don't know, to me, it looked kind of intentional. Like the, and it's Rondo, so argument. you just think it's Rondo, intentional. Yeah, he's, they got to try and sell whether, he's got to sell whether it wasn't, that it was unintentional. And I don't think he could do that. Because, I mean, you could straight up see, you could see his lips moving. And a, you, a lot of you said it sounded like he was going to uh, say something before he did it. But it doesn't look like he said anything after that happened. <laughs> It looked pretty intentional to me, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised with Rondo. And an act, like I mean, I'm I'm down with Rondo. You guys know I'm ride or die Rondo for life. Hell and, yeah, dude! Uh, 
And that just made that just made me even bigger of a fan after this. And uh, I've always been against CP3, so I mean, it kind of made me laugh a lot. But <laughs> if you're gonna talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk, man. Yeah, and or also gonna... I'm I'm ride or die Brandon Ingram. <laughs> oh yeah, same. I I love both those players. <laughs> yeah, watching Br- I I've always been on the fence about Ingram for like whether I really like him or I re- or I'm not a big fan of him. But after watching him run in after that, I'm like, man, I want that dude on. I want that dude on any team. Same. Let's just start like an all NBA scrap team. Let's get Jimmy Butler on there. We got Brandon Ingram, Rondo, CP3. Like, here we go, boys. Not gonna lie, that was that's one of the last players I would expect to be a, like a guy who would get involved in stuff like I that. I was he's gonna so say scrawny. he's relatively calm too. He's like he doesn't seem he's like thugging. a guy trying to getting fights. He really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like that's. I saw some like uh, some photos of him going. Like, it was some like uh, memes going out there, just like Brandon Ingram ready to fight, and it was just a picture of, like Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's like I'm surprised that like that he did that he was the one who seemed to be the biggest aggressor out of all of them, and he obviously deserved to be the one who was suspended the most. Like I think the NBA got it right, and how long each player would get suspended. Like obviously, Ingram did the most. Rondo then did did the next most, and then it was probably CP3. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. Rondo, even if Rondo didn't mean to spit on him, he did throw the first punch. Oh, yeah. Rondo deserves to get suspended no matter what. Honestly, I, I almost am for Rondo getting suspended more because he escalated it really badly. Yeah. He had to be escorted out by security, didn't he? Meet me in the back. I think he did, yeah. They had security out on the court. Like, they were ready. <laughs> Ever since Malice at the Palace, they've been... This is probably the biggest brawl since Malice at the Palace, now that I think about it. It's got to be up there. It's, it's got to be, be one of there. them. They don't. They don't. There's not many fights anymore. The NBA doesn't tolerate it anymore. So it's just like Ooh. one of these things. So yeah, I know. Seriously, um, it's just one of those things that I was just uh, really surprised to see because I haven't seen a fight like this in a really long time. I saw it. It's and good I was for like, the culture. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, dude, they only got suspended. CP3 only got suspended for two games for throwing punches. God that's just that much i feel like uh we should see more fights now this will be fun it's only two games (laughs) cp3 only got suspended one more game for actually fighting than cj did for just standing up off the bench oh my god during a fight during a preseason game nonetheless yeah Uh, (laughs) and he got suspended for a regular season game so it's only Honestly, at this at this rate, I feel like maybe we should just like send Myers out there to start punching guys now. If he's only getting two well. dude, like, just a goon, like, like a basketball goon. But I want to see LeBron just fucking just I don't him and kill Katie, somebody. Him and Katie, I want to see it. LeBron would snap Katie in half. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I was gonna that's say. why I want to see it. Be like a fucking Kit Kat commercial, dude. <laughs> LeBron's next endorsement. <laughs> Just him snapping. Oh <laughs> uh, no! One thing I thought was pretty interesting about the at the end of that whole fight is LeBron didn't go and grab his teammates. He grabbed CP3. Hey man, CP3 is one of his oldest friends in the I league. Know, it's they're, like he they're just best joined the yeah he just joined the Lakers. Like he's gonna. I, and I, I think he just grabbed the dude he was closest to, and obviously mm-hmm. of all the Lakers, he'd probably be the guy who could calm Chris Paul down the best. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just that was I. A lot of people read into that way too much. I saw some people acting like, 
LeBron wasn't being a good teammate by yeah, like no, no, for moving sure. one of moving a rocket out of the way. It's like, bro, like you really think the face of the league is gonna get involved in a brawl with people? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not gonna happen. He just, you know, they're best friends, so it's yeah. If if I ever saw LeBron and CP3 actually throw hands, I would be like, I would probably die of a heart attack. But there's no way, and yeah. and CP3 would die of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Like what Wyatt said, if LeBron were to like, or what you guys both said, if LeBron were to just go out and actually fight someone, someone would actually die on the court. Would not be safe. No. All right. Well, is that our consensus on the uh, what spit Spitgate? Is that what it's being called now? Yeah, Spitgate. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that our consensus? Actually, I saw a great uh, name for it last night that called it the banana bout. That was also Wob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was my favorite. Yeah, we That's can, uh, we can call it on this, but uh, we will be catching up on this again at our end to see where our poll ended up. So we'll we'll talk about this again later on in the pod. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, now I think it's uh it's time to move on to something Zach is going to be very happy to talk about, considering that he has this player uh, on his fantasy team. First, what is it? It was he was Kemba the first player to do this. Uh, he was. Or is the NBA record? Kemba set an NBA record for the most three pointers hit through the first uh, three games. He had nine. He's at nineteen so far. Six point three per game, and he's averaging thirty five point three. Yep, he's averaging that is, cool that's 30 insane. That is good. Yeah, dude, my guy Kemba, dude. I've been a believer in him since since his UConn days. Y'all laughed at me for drafting him uh, with one over of Kyrie in the draft. Over Kyrie in the draft, man. This is a, you gotta think long game like me, guys. It's, yeah, easy, easy killer, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's early. It's early, but well, I guess. Uh, yeah, Kemba's I guess that boys. brings up. I guess that brings up the the question is uh is it sustainable or what I should say, what portion of it is sustainable? Um, I think with someone like him, like his scoring ability has always been there. Like, obviously his, he, like, he's always been one of those players who kind of is like in like the lower to mid twenties in terms of points per game. But, uh, like his career high for points for a season is 23.2. However, I feel like their offense has like kind of, shifted a little bit this year to where it looks like they're running like a quicker tempo he's running out more um he's get having a higher usage than he usually has and uh obviously it helps right now that he's shooting 50 percent from beyond three right now which is (laughs) absolutely insane and uh but man it's like i feel like um I feel like he could average into the higher twenties this year. Like it's, it seems like this is like one of those years. Like Charlotte looks pretty decent. Like they look pretty good, but he's also like the only like star on this team, right? So I think that uh, once he starts to get himself going, like he he's a tough guy to stop. We've seen him. We've seen him for years doing yeah. all this stuff. And if he was playing we, like this, and I mean, like he just even if he regresses a little bit, I see Charlotte as one of the eight teams in the playoffs. So. Oh yeah, easily. Like, yeah, for I feel sure. Like, yeah, I see. Yeah, Zach. Like like you said, I think I see Kemba. I mean, at thirty five. But, but I mean, I'd love to be proved wrong, but I don't think thirty five is sustainable through eighty two games. Oh hell um, no. I think I think like you said, higher higher twenties is uh is doable, especially for that team that consists really of only Kemba Walker and and a bunch of other role players. I mean, you have Nick Batum and you know 
not much else out. around you. So I really like Miles Bridges. And I mean, their new coach, uh, James Borrego, he's a former Spurs assistant. So right. that's like one of those uh, one of those things where it's just like, okay, this guy has been – this guy is a – he's been with the some of the best offenses uh, ever. Like, you know, like he knows how to – like he knows how to be with an offense. And I think that this has helped so far that uh, – He's doing so much with, and also I'm looking at his resume right now. He used to, uh, he yeah, he only he was an interim head coach for the Orlando Magic in the 14-15 season, and uh, he didn't do very well in that. But I feel like it's good, like after some time with the Spurs, that he gets an opportunity yet again as a head oh, time yeah. as a head coach. And I think that uh, so far, man, Charlotte's looking really good, and yeah. I can't, yeah. I, I think I see Charlotte kind of keeping things up right now. Yeah. I kind of want to check on this real quick. I'm checking uh, their stats real quick for their team stats. I'm trying to see how many threes they made on the game because they have a lot of good three-point shooting teams. They could be one of the best three-point shooting teams in the East. Yeah, which is kind of odd because, uh, let's see, who else do they have a shooter? They have Malik Monk. Nick Patel, uh, Jeremy Lamb. Mm-hmm. Miles Bridges isn't really a shooter, but I like him as a rookie. Dude's explosive. Mm-hmm. And also, the, you guys are forgetting like the most important thing. They don't have a uh, Dwight Howard anymore. Addition by subtraction? Yeah, Question mark. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, also, that's one of the reasons why I think Kemba's stats could take a jump this year too, without Dwight Howard out there kind of sucking things up. Like, yeah. So Kemba right now he's in his eighth year and in his prime. So. I mean, I, I feel like that everything that he's at, like everything's kind of lining up right now for him to have like an absolutely monster year. Yeah, like well, that kind of I was gonna bring up that kind of begs the question: Is he content in Charlotte, or is he gonna ask for a trade? Or when I mean, when does his contract expire? Like he can't be happy being in the prime of his career in Charlotte with no plan to win right now in place. Um, this is a contract year for him. Oh, okay. it is. Is, gonna, it, is, it, yeah. is it restricted or is it player no. option? Yeah, no, it's uh, it, he's straight up done after this year. I'm pretty sure. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, this is the last year of a four year deal of his four year. For, yeah, he's one of the most underpaid guards in the league, dude. He is a uh, four year, forty eight million is what he's on right now that he signed oh, wow. in, in 2014. So Myers Leonard is making about that money. <laughs> Yeah, like he's one of the most underpaid players in the league right now. So I that's another reason why I feel like he's going to ball out. Like as a being yeah. in a contract year, he's going to go nuts, man. Like he's he's got to do what he can to get that max contract. Yeah, he should absolutely either get a max contract from Charlotte or leave. Yeah, absolutely. I and I feel like something like Charlotte, they're going to they're definitely cuz they there's enough trouble to get a star to come to Charlotte anyway that they're going to mm-hmm. They're going to do whatever they can to sign him to an extension. Right. And it, I mean, yeah, it all comes down to Charlotte. If, you know, if they want to win now, they offer Kemba that max contract. And if he accepts, great. If not, then it's get rid of all your assets and go full blown tank mode. Because if you lose Kemba, then you're really, you really have no direction at that point if you're Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking right now. I mean, uh, currently, 
For three-pointers, Kemba's leading the league, and then this goes into a good transition to another team I think we should talk about. The second player leading the league in three-pointers right now is Nikola Miritich. Really? It makes a good segue. He's making five-and-a-half three-pointers a game, and the Pelicans look... They look like a top four seed in the West. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they've been they through what two games? They're averaging like a, a hundred and thirty a game right now. Maybe like a one thirty five a game right now. <laughs> Mike D'Antoni's wet dream. Yeah, exactly. Well, not when not when he did what he did did what they did to the Rockets the other night. Yeah, seriously, he wished he wished he was on the other end of that. <laughs> That's like one of those things that maybe we should t- like where. What do you guys think the peak is for this Pelicans team? I know that it's early, but like, um, yeah. well, this is kind of like a like a callback to an earlier earlier podcast. I think it was the over unders episode, but I was saying Boogie might be like an a, we're not having Boogie might be an addition by subtraction kind of thing, just because you're playing through probably a future MVP of the league right there. So when your offense is running solely through Anthony Davis and you're not having to share that on ball time with boogie you're gonna get a lot higher quality looks and a lot you know a lot more productivity from anthony davis and on top of that drew holiday is looking so good i mean he's really just picked up where he left off from um you know the sweeping the blazers in the first round yeah we're not gonna talk about that part. the thing we gotta talk about <laughs> this team is the pace that this team moves at is like record-setting pace like they're moving quick <laughs> Yeah, and I think that I think we got the first glimpse of that in the playoffs when we played them is that we were really just not used to the pace and the physicality that they played at. And I mean, they really just have surrounded themselves with a bunch of a bunch of hardworking, you know, nitty gritty players, and they just go out there and they play hard and fast, and they just they out physical and they outpace every team that they play. Well, they've played two games, and they put up in the first game 131 points. In the second game, they put up. 149, they were playing the Kings, but still 149 points is 149 points. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. <laughs> and regulation. Davis only played 27 minutes. Yeah, and like what we like what Wyatt said before, too, like how good Nikola Mirotic has been this season. Like, oh, man. Let me go to his numbers. Like, he's dropped 30 in back-to-back games. Yeah, that's for sure. He put a career high. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, phew. He had six threes in the first game and five in the second game. He had 30 and 10 in the first game and then 36 and nine in the second game. Yeah, like I knew this guy was good and he's always been like been able to put up some decent numbers. But like what he's been doing in these first couple games is just like kind of where Bulls fans wanted him to go, but he never quite did. He just needed his face to get broken by Bobby Portis as a confidence booster. (laughs) <laughs> and was he not an unsigned free agent last year? Uh he like he got tra- he got traded to uh the Pel he got traded uh to the Pelicans and I don't think he was even a free agent. I think he they had, still had him on the or- For the Bulls last year they had to choose between Miritich and uh Portis, Bobby Portis, and they chose to keep Portis, which Portis has looked good too, but Miritich is well, and correct really me, good. I mean, I, I can't remember, but I don't think they got much in that Miritich trade. It was like a second-round pick. It wasn't much. They just they wanted him off the books. They just wanted to get him gone because he's older. He's turned out to be an absolute gem. 
like mm-hmm. a, a steal, a super steal. And I, th- I really, truly think it is just because he benefits from that system. He just fits so well in that New he Orleans play style. He did not fit in well with the Chicago. He did not play the right style for him. To clarify, uh, this this is also a contract year for him. Like uh, what we said about Kemba before. This is a, this is the contract oh. year for him. Yeah. He going to get that money. Yo, man, if he keeps stuff up like this, he's going to get paid. He would fit in perfectly in the Blazer system. <laughs> The, uh, that's what one thing I want. I wanted us to trade for him when uh, he was available, especially. Yeah, I remember. When, I remember how, talking about that when how little he was uh, traded for. Like that would have been something to hop on. But I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> when did the Blazers do anything? Yeah. Speaking of the Blazers, though, I think we could talk about what we've been seeing from them lately. Hang on, I think before. Do you guys have any other teams that? Okay. Okay. There is one guy I want to so talk far? about. One, not really a team, more of a player in particular, Trey Young. <laughs> oh my god, the dude like, has looked great. <laughs> let's see, what was his stat line tonight? Thirty-five and eleven. And oh let me just tell god. you something. I just found something out for him too. First rookie, the last rookie to put up thirty-five and ten in a game was Steph Curry in. March on March 13th, 2010 and February 10th, 2010. Steph Curry, both of those. The last rookie to do that. The comparisons continue. (laughs) Yeah, you know, man, I was skeptical. I was I was on record as being skeptical and it just, you know, maybe he just has one of those games that translates really well to the NBA because I know people are skeptical of Steph Curry saying his body, you know, his body and his play style wasn't really made for the NBA, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I texted you guys earlier. I, and that's, and like, wow, it's almost as if he was one of the most exciting college players we've had in this generation. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he was also one of the most polarizing too. Cause yeah. he did, when he played good. He played really good. But when he played bad, he played bad. He shot above 57% today. Yeah. I was also on the record as being very skeptical about him as well. Like, like I said, I remember on the over-unders, I said this could be an all time bad NBA team. And I mean, I'm still kind of on that like that this team could still be absolutely awful and probably the worst team in the league but there is a chance that he's one of these guys who comes out and just absolutely wrecks every single night night in night out i think atlanta's the best opportunity for him to do that obviously because that's one of the teams where if you're a bright young star they're looking for a centerpiece and you're going to get a lot of on-ball touches and a lot of a lot of uh usage in that and you're going to be the primary focus of the offense yeah. And the thing is for him, I mean, it goes really underrated for him, but his passing vision is really, really good, even with his height. Well, I, don't know. I don't know if that was underrated. I thought people that was one of his best features. Like People didn't know how good it was going to translate to the NBA. I mean, but here's the thing. If his shot's not falling, he can just dish the rock to somebody else. His assist m- numbers might dwindle because nobody on Atlanta can shoot. But Yeah, I mean, didn't he drop like a 25 and 25 in college last year? Yeah, he did. Nah, man, his vision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like his, he, like the dudes are, like we already know how crazy the dude is at passing. Like he's, like he's playing to his two strengths and they're doing great. And he's doing really great at them right now. Like far greater than most people thought he could do, which it, hey, whenever you're that guy who, whenever you're the most polarizing guy, he's like the Lonzo ball of this draft. The one who like everyone's yeah, kind of sure. rooting for to fail. 
the guy who was the big name and you have all these people rooting for them to do bad. But I mean, so far he's handling it better than Lonzo did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I didn't um, think Lonzo was bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I got another uh another small well, not necessarily small market team, but a, a guy on a small market team that I would uh like to, to talk about. Yeah. Um our favorite team, the Brooklyn Trailblazers, uh-huh. Jared are starting Allen. off to a hot, to a hot zero and three. <laughs> starting off to a hot zero and three, but uh, yeah, no, like you no, said, man, Brooklyn Jared, won a game. Did they? They beat the Knicks. Karis Levert got a game winner. Oh yeah, by two, by two. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, one and two. So okay, so not that bad. But um, what I was what I was going to bring up is Jared Allen was what I think one of eight players to ever average to have through the first two games of the NBA season, a double double with four blocks. Oh man. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, he didn't have, I don't remember what he had that third game, but he didn't double double, but I mean, he just looks so good. He looks, he looks like he could be a real bright spot for this Brooklyn Nets team. His defensive presence is really good. (laughs) Like, his just timing for blocks is, like, something you can't teach people. Yeah, and so in that third game, he had eight points, three rebounds, and one block, but he only had 22 minutes. So in that first two games, he had 34 minutes and uh, 30 minutes. So I think it must have just been a matchup thing as to where it wasn't really suitable for him to be in there. Yeah, probably. Uh, what was I saying, though? Um, in... Like, it was funny, because during the preseason, I don't know if you guys saw the highlight of Jared Allen blocking the shit out of Blake Griffin. Oh, I saw Did it. Did you see yeah. that? Well, come regular season, they played again, and Blake Griffin and he blocked, the shit, out of him blocked him the shit out of him again. <laughs> hey, man, the, the Blake Griffin, like, who would have known back in 2012 when Blake Griffin was throwing down all these highlight dunks that all we needed was to throw Jared Allen out there on him and would have been fine. Who knows? It might just be Blake <laughs> getting old, but it's also like... That's still impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a combination of both. <laughs> yeah. Blake's been playing yeah. pretty no. good right now, too. He's averaging 29 and a half to start the season. Hmm. Yeah. But I still want to talk about um, D'Angelo Russell hasn't been looking all that hot. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't been at all. Uh, and I don't know if it's because of Spencer Dinwiddie emerging as it's like I'm, it's is I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie is a much better true point guard. Than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, we've already um, talked about this. Right, yeah. And I think D'Angelo Russell fits better in the two spot. So I think it, it could be some coaching or it could be like an organizational thing. I think they just need to stick him stick him in the two and let Spencer Dinwiddie run the point and just, just keep it at that. Yeah. I mean, like, his, we've talked about this. How, uh, Russell played shooting guard in college. So I feel like right. something like that would be – it wouldn't be a bad role for him because it's that's so- like – I'm reading into this right now, too. It sounds like Karis LeVert is taking over the offense instead. Hmm. You know, I honestly would not be surprised if if D'Angelo Russell went to the bench and became like a like a six man. Yeah, I mean, that could be that could be a role for him. Just kind of like a spark plug, you know, like he's uh, he's one of those guys who could like who could potentially go off in a scoring night at like any time. So I feel like uh Sometimes you want those guys off the bench. He kind of right. reminds me of, yeah. Right now he's like he's obviously not as like short or anything, but like kind of the way he plays kind of reminds me of like 
Isaiah Thomas before he broke out. Right, right. You know, like he was one of those, yeah, he's kind of one of those guys who just like comes out, scores a few, goes to the bench. But like Isaiah Thomas wasn't a very desired player during that time. He was traded multiple times, and I worry that something like that might start to happen with D'Angelo Russell. Like that's another thing. Like if the other guys still end up emerging, could D'Angelo Russell end up like on the trading block? I think so. I think you could you could trade him to a to a team that was uh, tanking and get some good role players, or you know, he's he's a good asset. He's a good trade asset for sure. He'll fit in. He'll fit in well somewhere for sure. I just don't know if Brooklyn is that team. It's just yeah. uh well, look at let me tell you Karis Levert's numbers because he's getting the numbers that I think people want of D'Angelo Russell right now. Uh, right. Against Detroit, he had Karis Levert had 27, 4, and 4. Against New York, he had 28, 6, and 5, and the game winner. And then the other night, he had 19, 4, and 3. And it's like, that sounds like, and he's the main ball handler on the offense now. And that sounds like what they would want from D'Angelo Russell. And so just for just for contrast, um, D'Angelo was 8, 2, and 5, 15, 5, and 6, 12, 6, and 7 through the three games. And that's that's with uh, 31 minutes, 34 minutes, and 25 minutes. So that's not, I mean, that's not exactly the best production in the world, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. No. And I think when, when he's as much of a defensive liability as he is, you need, you know, you need higher offensive output in order to in order to combat the, the defensive liability. Well, yeah, that was the thing, like comparing him to Isaiah Thomas yet again. That was one of the things that was always bad for Isaiah Thomas. It's like once he he was such a defensive liability when he was in there, but it came to the point where his offense was so good that it offset it right yeah and i mean now isaiah thomas kind of hit that role again as a six man he did that when he was on the lakers last year he's gonna be doing it again on denver like so far like there's no plans to start him by any means right right now i think i think he's got to show he's starting caliber again but Mm -hmm. now one of these as we're as we're drawing comparisons to uh d'angelo russell i feel like the 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 player that the nets management hopes he can be is like a devin booker but it's not um he's really not up to that level yet because Devin Booker is he's their true shooting guard and he runs there too very often, but when they do need him to slot into the point guard position, he can fill that and play that role really well. See, and personally I don't see Russell ever being as good as Devin Booker. I just don't I think he's no. I feel like he could be a solid point guard or a solid six man for the league, which isn't a bad career if that's what he goes with. That's still not a bad well, career, think- but <laughs> And I think comparing that to Devin Booker, I think Devin Booker is a future superstar in this league. So also the two of them came in the same draft too, and we've seen uh, the way that uh, Devin Booker is uh, developed as compared to uh, the way that D'Angelo Russell is developed. It very different uh, scenarios for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right, and I think that would be a good time to stop there and talk about our favorite small market team in the NBA. Our uh, our hometown, very loving Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, man. There's there's a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, oh, there is two and zero right now. We're standing at two and zero. I'm real happy about that. Uh, we've beaten the Lakers and the Spurs, and uh, looking good. I don't know. The home streak stands. The home streak stands. We'll find out yeah, tomorrow against Washington. Yep, the home streak stands, and also the winning streak against LeBron still against the Lakers still stands. 
which and there was no street fight no street fighter brawl against the lakers yeah that was also a bright side um who knew obviously the biggest note from that night against the lakers was uh our boy nick stauskas and uh i don't know for a guy who my reaction to signing him was actually laughing out loud (laughs) and uh, yeah watching him go off for 24 in the first game against lebron and the lakers like I don't know if you, I don't know what you guys were seeing. Like, if you saw some of the stuff in the game, they were leaving him wide open. I was seeing a lot of stuff last night. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> I was saying the Spurs, he did, he came back to earth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he took five shots. He hit one three, and it was a contested three. It was a, it was money. But, uh, problem with that was, I think the other four shots were air balls. Yeah, he had one. He had one real good air ball during the um, one real good ago. air ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a bit of an oxymoron there, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the thing I like about Stauskas is uh, is prior to the season, he said that the one thing he'd really been working on was trying to show people that he was not just an uh, you know, just an coming off a screen and spotting up and shooting guy. He could also take it to the rim and finish and shoot those mid range shots. So, um. I think this is going to kind of go into when we talk about the overall feel of the team, but I think what they need to do is they need to pick either Nick Stauskas or Seth Curry and and establish them as their primary secondary ball handler. Um, and at this rate, at the way it's going, I feel like Seth Curry has been kind of underwhelming thus far. And I know yesterday. he's coming off injury. I liked him a lot yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he was okay, but it's... You, ha- I feel like you have to pick one because sharing those minutes isn't going to allow either of them to develop with that second unit or with the team as much as they need to become a dominant part of the offense. Well, I mean, I think they're both going to have significant roles on the team this yeah. year. Like, yeah, like they're both gonna, like you can't like they're not just going to bench one of them completely. I think they're both going to get solid minutes on the team. No, no, no. I'm not saying bench one completely, but I feel like one or the other is going to have to get a, a majority share of the like playing someone's time. Like someone's going to get more role. shots. Yeah. Right. Right, and I think at the, I think at this point, Stauskas has shown that he probably deserves to be the the guy that gets more shots, more on ball time. So you're you're yeah. basically saying like you want somebody else taking like to say so you want one of these guys taking Napier shots from last year. Yeah, I, I want I want one of them to be the Shabazz that was our our solidified backup point guard last year. Shabazz was probably our second unit guy that shot the most, right? Yeah, he definitely was. And uh like this honestly for me it feels like uh they're both better shooters than him and honestly that uh kind of makes me feel good right now that we're seeing a Blazers team that actually has guys outside of Damon CJ who can actually shoot the three, which is kind of refreshing. Cuz I mean, second unit oh, looks really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh they yeah, can definitely another... shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah, and another one to talk about in that is a uh, our boy Zach Collins, he's the enforcer. closing yeah, the games. He's, yeah, he's been closing lately. It's like it's one of those things where I'm wondering, like, if we're gonna be like starting Nurkic and kind of like running him, running him out a little bit. Then, but Nurkic has always been kind of one of those guys who gets kind of fatigued late in games. So, like, twenty four so minutes wondering- Nurkic, twenty four minutes Collins. Yeah, that could be like a, we could almost do like a split minutes between those guys and yeah. like have Collins like 
I feel like Collins is better suited for a finish. Yeah, it could be situational. Like when we play the Wizards, if Dwight Howard is was back tomorrow, I would want Nurkic finishing the game if Dwight Howard's in the game. Yeah, exactly. He would get uh, Collins would get bullied by him, but yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like with Mo Harkless, the way his offensive production has been lately, sort of not up to par where the Trailblazers need it to be. I feel like I personally, this you know, this is obviously why I don't have an NBA GM job, but I personally would look into starting Nurkic and Zach Collins side by side and then running a okay. meeting with the three, Damon CJ at the one and two, obviously, and then having Mo Harkless come off the bench and along with, you know, Nick Stauskas and Seth Curios to kind of kind of further that bench unit. Yeah, one of the oddest things through these you first few games are, uh, G- well, yeah, I think they're kind of having Zach Collins take that role right you know, now. You know, Myers. Myers looked pretty good, though. Myers, lo- I'm, I'm going to be honest, Myers looked pretty good last night. Yeah, but uh, Zach Collins has been doing the center work, not... Uh, right. Yeah, and that's what he came into the NBA as, and I think that... Uh, I feel like the the Blazers are kind of running him as a center right now, and that's kind of where they think that his role actually is, which is kind of odd. And right, well, uh, he he said that he feels more comfortable at the four because it's easier for a four, or not easier, but more common for a four to stretch the floor, shoot the three, and kind of draw defenses out as to where you know at least traditionally a five has been to sort of stay in the paint, protect the rim. But yeah, he said himself that he feels more comfortable at the force, which is kind of why I brought it up. Yeah, he is incredibly good at protecting the paint, though. And I like him rim. in the middle. He yeah, had six, he had six blocks in the game against the Lakers. So <laughs> he's for sure. He's already already a better rim protector than Nurkic. Yeah, I mean, I. In a way, Nurkic is a good rim protector, but he just doesn't get a lot of blocks. Like he's like right, one of those people right. who like uh, he's not quick his enough. Interior defense is his interior defense is good, but his timing and uh, jump just isn't the same as right. Zach Collins. Zach Collins just has like what we were talking about with Jared Allen earlier, with like that uh, kind of like it factor with blocking. Like it's one of those things that yeah. you can't teach, and Zach. It's Collins, an instinct for sure. Yeah, and Zach Collins is one of those guys who has that as right. Well. Yeah, and Zach Collins is just more athletic than Nurkic is. Yeah, exactly, and he's just like they're both around the same age, and but I mean, or Zach Collins is a little younger, but uh, yeah, Collins is just in better shape than Nurkic. I saw so. <laughs> I saw Nurkic take a three in a regular season game last night. It didn't go in, but I was an encouraging sign to see that he took it. <laughs> Well, and even if even if teams know that he he will step out and shoot it, that still forces the the centers on the other team to draw exactly. and at least defend Nurkic on the five. So, and if they don't, you wind up with either a mismatch or you know a one two skip and an open three. So even yeah. if he just if he shot like two or three threes a game, then he makes those at a consistent rate. The defense is going to have to respect it, and they're going to have to come out on him. So it's like yeah, just exactly. prove it early on in the season, and then that way it'll help us later on. Exactly. And well, that's one of those aspects of Nurkic's game that people have been talking about him adding for a while. Well, as long as he's been in Portland, really, then it's finally, you know, the in years past, we we're like, oh, this is going to be the year Nurkic starts shooting threes. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be in the, you know, in the past years, he hasn't really, um, he hasn't produced from beyond the arc to say the least. So I would like to see him at least try this season. Yeah, and I mean, he was obviously willing to take them during the preseason, and uh, like they, I saw a quote today that said the Blazers are kind of running with the mentality of uh, "if you're open, shoot it." Like that's yeah. what they're going with. And I mean, I was complaining before how the Blazers don't really have a lot of guys out of Damon's outside Damon CJ who can shoot, but 
we are moving in the right direction. And as long as we're having guys who who are willing to take that shot when they're wide open. Like, right. Like, and as, as long as we have that green light mentality and we're taking good shots and having good shot selection, then, you know, I don't see a problem with anybody on our team shooting a three. Yeah, I mean, there really isn't one person on our team that just is a god awful shooter. Yeah. I mean, Aminu has, I mean, Aminu has one of the ugliest forms I've ever seen in my life, but I mean, it goes in at least sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it really is like we've talked about before as if, you know, your coach gives you that green light. It gives you the confidence to let those fly in the games and, you know, they'll go in. If you take enough of them, they'll go in as long as they're good shots. I've been liking Harkless shooting a lot lately. Harkless has been shooting pretty good. I like him in the corner whenever he gets the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's usually been like the only place that he has been yeah, like yeah, a consistent yeah. three-point But he's shooter. getting a lot more, I've noticed this year. Like we're just getting a lot more threes, wide open corner threes this year because our defense, we just really spread it out. I've been loving Evan Turner, which is, I, I, I like him in this second unit, just staying in the second unit, creating for everybody. Because when he drives in, the defense has to collapse on him, and then he gets one of all four of our other guys can stay on the perimeter, and he just gets the ball to one of them, and then they just pop it. Yeah. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of him being the primary ball handler in the second unit. I would like, like I said before, I would like either Seth or Nick Stauskas to come up and be that primary ball handler just so Evan Turner could play that, you know, that high post or that low block or, you know, the corner, wherever really. That I just I'm, I don't really like him handling the ball. <laughs> He's not shooting threes. He doesn't need to shoot threes this year. He was trying to last year, and it's like now I think he just settled himself in as not a shooter, and he can just create for other people. Yeah, his uh, as long as he's not shooting threes, I'm good. That's you right. Know, Wyatt was mentioning corner threes before. That's something that I really want to see bring brought back to the Blazers because I feel like we haven't had a consistent corner yeah. shooter since Wesley Absolutely. and Batum. Batum was a go- Batum oh was my a, god, was, he was amazing. amazing. Yeah, and Wesley was like money from there too. Like Wesley, yeah, like Wesley oftentimes took more shots from the wing than like Batum did, but they were both just in the corner. They were both like pretty much unstoppable. And the Blazers pretty much only have guys who consistently shoot there from when the rare times where Dame and CJ end up in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the reason that why the Blazers aren't shooting a whole bunch more corner threes is because they do have Evan Turner initiating that, uh, that offense in the high post. And so when you run that pick and roll, you know, you're going to have the guys collapse and collapse down in the key and they're going to kick to the side and then they're going to close out and the open guy is going to be closer to the top of the wing or the top of the key so i just think that's the type of offense that they're running but i do like that they are trying to start shooting more of those corner threes yeah all right and i think that's where we're gonna wrap up blazers corner the uh our favorite time of the week now we uh transition on over to our uh most uncertain time of the week why it's lukewarm take we're uh bringing it back we finally got time to talk about it yeah why all right why okay guys spit spit your lukewarm take on it. okay <laughs> kemba walker will be on an all nba team this year that's a good one that's a really good one actually i respect that a lot um he'll definitely be an all-star me- Oh yeah, most definitely. Give me uh give me second team offense. Uh you, you think second team? I, I think so. I mean, uh 
God, that's still so tough for me. It's like I and I'm the I'm the Kemba guy on this to like Maybe put him on. <sighs> well, because you have what? Mm, mm, I don't know, man. And I mean, it really all comes down to if you can rule out Steph Curry or not, because I mean, obviously he's one of the, if not the most offensively talented point guard in the league, but his his minute share of the ball is obviously decreasing more and more each year. Yeah, it is. So is oh, sorry, is he going to be able to put up those offensive numbers in order to get onto the All NBA team? And you know, same thing could be said for a couple other point guards. Well, like what I said, if he, uh, what I said my prediction that he could possibly even end up in like the high twenties this year, which I mean that's around where Dame is at. Like Dame's in like the mid to high twenties uh, for his point, and Dame made all first team All NBA last year, which was arguable, even yeah. from. I mean, an All NBA team for sure, but um, first team arguable. Yeah, sure. that, was, that was definitely last year. Yeah, it was like one of those like weird like fluke years with like injury and stuff. But I mean, Dame did play to the point where it was like he did deserve the spot that he got. I I think. oh yeah, he played out of his mind for sure. The only person that could have rivaled him was I think Westbrook, and yeah, Westbrook right. uh, they just decided Westbrook didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of those weird things with the uh, he averaged a triple double again, but no one cared <laughs> that year. Which just goes to show you Harden should be a back-to-back MVP. Thank you very much. And the podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we can yeah. transition into uh, my second lukewarm take that I have now. Bum, bum, bum. Speaking content. of Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they have... Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is this is the portion of the podcast where you put in your credit card number in order to hear the bonus content. Why is second lukewarm take? Okay, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, he's not lying about the credit card info. Uh, put it in. <laughs> okay, uh, hit me with it. Speaking of Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they have started off 0-3 tonight. They lost to the mm-hmm. Kings. I'll give them they didn't <laughs> have Russell Westbrook first the back. first two games, but they have been underwhelming, to say the least. Are we looking too high at the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, I think, personally, they will be a 7 or 8 seed in the playoffs this year at the highest. Um, wow. I think they're underwhelming. I mean, they nearly beat, they nearly beat Golden State game one. Paul George looks Without bad. I mean... That's I've I'm like it's way, still way too early to like call things on the thunder yet. I'm calling but, uh, things on that's the why thunder. It's why it's, that's why it's called why it's lukewarm take and why it just likes to talk crap about Russell Westbrook whenever he can. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I think it's too early okay, to. Okay, um, Paul George had a good game today. God damn it! <laughs> but but you know you have to you have to take into consideration those first two games was Dennis Schroeder with the starting unit right, and then that the third game back he was. Uh, you know, he was slotted into that bench role and Russell Westbrook obviously returned into back into a starting role. So, you know, it's just been a rocky start to the season for the for the Thunder. But if they can sort it out, they could be looking at, you know, a mid tier four, five, six seed. But if if things continue to struggle, then it's very possible to look at that seven or eight. I mean, it's any team yeah, could be know. in the seven or eight, honestly. It's do you think yeah, there's any situation exactly. where they don't make the playoffs. I mean, I yeah, so. in the West, <laughs> in the West, there's always a- yeah, and yeah, in the West, there's a chance that anybody doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, 
it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it could definitely happen, but I just don't see it happening. Like, oh, yeah. one of those teams. Quick like, lightning round. There's surprise team for the playoffs. Anybody, you have to just pick any team in the West, like one that nobody would expect. Who gets in at the eight seed? Phoenix. I was gonna say Phoenix, Phoenix too. <laughs> my uh, my unrealistic expectation. My unrealistic Denver. team. No, I think Denver Clippers. makes it this year. The Mavs. Clippers. Look <laughs> yeah, good. the Mavs. The Clippers. Straight I up, dude. Clippers. I don't think the I don't see the Clippers. Ooh, Clip, I'm, I'm sorry, but the Clippers have looked pretty good. They beat Oklahoma. What are they City. through? How many? Two and one. Two and one. They beat the they beat the Rockets, didn't they? They did beat the yeah. Rockets. Yeah. yeah. But um, still no. And Oklahoma City, they beat Oklahoma they City did. too. Yeah, but they they don't have the assets in place to be sustainable through eighty two. Yeah. They got a solid team. They got a solid team. Oh, yeah, yeah, but me saying the Mavericks, uh, I don't really think the Mavericks will make the playoffs, but I just want to use this as an opportunity to shout out my boy, Luka Doncic. Let's talk about him for a second. Points. We have to kill time anyway. Uh, we for the poll to close. No, I mean, I don't think... Really, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's but he did not play very well in his first game. He only had 10 points, but uh, Depp played Last very night, well. Last night. He had uh, 26 points on a 8 of 16 shooting, hit four threes. He also had six point, six rebounds and three assists. So, I mean, I don't know, guys. I, that's that's my rookie of the year. I think He's the, living up to the hype, man. Yeah. And uh, I'll see the thing that makes me think that they could potentially be a good team that's better than we think is that Dan Smith Jr. has looked really good. Like he's cutting into his sophomore season. Got a game winner last night. Showing out. Yeah, he's yeah. just a sophomore coming out right now, doing very well. Uh, and I feel like anytime you add DeAndre Jordan to the mix, like that just. Adds. Oh my god! I totally forgot. Yeah, it's like one of those things that you're like, oh yeah, they have they have him. And I mean, I swear, swear, Dennis Smith Jr. is probably gonna start racking up assists with uh, yeah DeAndre Jordan yeah. on his team. Like it's, you know, maybe not this year, but. If they can retain DeAndre Jordan, I think Dallas is one of those teams that in, you know, anywhere between two to three years, we could be looking at, a, you know, a deep playoff run. Same with Phoenix. Did they just sign Jordan to only a one year? Yeah, one year. That's what I thought. Yeah. That that opening night game of Dallas and Phoenix was one of the most entertaining games. <laughs> and I know these two oh, teams man. are both non-playoff teams, but I'm like, they both have really star rookie talent, and they they were fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Devin Booker dropped like 30-something. Yeah, Booker How looked like... Booker look uh, like yesterday? Like... I didn't see. I just know if his sons got killed. Oh, man. I can go to it right now. Um, He had... 25, 2 and 7 in 36 minutes. Yeah. I mean they were it's just a, they were just against a better team in Denver. De- uh, Denver looks pretty crazy Very good. good this year. They play Golden State tomorrow. Jokic had like that. Oh wait, this guy is a star stat line last night with a 35 11 and 11. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 35 12 and 11. Oh. Oh, you're right. 30 or th- yeah, 35, 12, and 11. My bad. God. Yeah, and then tonight he had 23, 11, and 6. Yeah, I. he's one of those players who you're just like... I don't like? Yeah, yeah I know you don't like him, and I mean, I still think the guy's pretty good. And what, uh, did you say 
They play Golden State? They already beat Golden State. No, the, the Suns play Golden State tomorrow. Okay, I thought you were talking about Denver for a second. I'm like, the Nuggets beat Golden State tonight. No, no, tonight. no. Golden State, plays Denver, uh, Golden State plays Phoenix tomorrow. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about Denver other than just the fact that uh, Gary Harris has been great. Jokic has been great, and I don't know. If, like I've, uh, this Denver team, I think because they were so injured last year, like they with Paul Millsap being out for so long, that really screwed them over. But I think that uh, they could potentially be like in the top four to five seeds. Like I don't think they're gonna yeah. be. I don't think they're gonna be scrumming for the eight seed this year. I think they're going to be a bit higher. You know, it's really uh, too tough to tell. Yeah. All right, and I guess we will uh, conclude why it's too lukewarm takes. Kind of leave it at that, even though we we sort of went on the tangent there. And uh, I guess this is the end of the podcast. But before we uh, before we sign off, we got to go back to that poll that we started in the beginning of the podcast. Right, boys? Yes, mm-hmm. we do. So after the live poll, we got 73%. Yes, it was on purpose, and we got a 27% no. What's your guys' consensus? Are you a yay or are you a nay? I'm a Agree yay. or disagree? Yeah, I'm a yay. I thought I, why, what do you I think? was going to go with no, actually. You know, I will uh, I will break the tie, and I think that it was on purpose. All right. I, I, I hope it was on purpose because that's so much more funny if it was on <laughs> purpose. But, I mean, like, sometimes, I mean, I talk a lot, and I'm a loud person, and sometimes I accidentally spit in people's face, and I get it. <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll see it on the meme team thirty for thirty that comes out in ten years. Oh my years, god! Right? It's only two games in, and the meme team already has the funniest meme of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Living up to the hype. As, I mean, the biggest meme right now is Chris Paul getting punched in the face. Just like the close up view of the fist hitting his face. I think I think like ninety percent of NBA fans have always have always wanted Chris Paul to get punched in oh, the face. I mean, I know I have. <laughs> it would have looked so much better in a Clippers uniform, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. too much worse in a Rockets jersey, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Well, any final thoughts? Uh God, the NBA's back. I'm so happy. Well, guys, we knocked <laughs> so much this more one content. out of the park. Yeah. Hey, man, this was a good podcast. This is a sure. fun one. This is probably my favorite one. This is fun. <laughs> Lots to talk about. All right. Well. I guess from all of us here at Small Ball Market, thank you for tuning in this week on our uh, very special Spitgate edition of Small Ball Market. You can uh, listen to us anywhere you get your uh, podcasts. What's that? Let's see. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all those good things. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Small Ball Market. And I think we will call it there. Yeah. Also, feel free to email us. DMs Oh, yeah. Email, DMs, those are all open. We love feedback. Almost 500 strong on Twitter now. We, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it, guys. I guess we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see y'all. Adios.